Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When there are an infinite amount of female struggles, you decide to do a podcast about them. I'm Emma Jo, Real Davis, and in each episode of this podcast, I take a subject by the horns and rip it to shreds. This is the podcast that isn't afraid to talk about any struggle you've had as a woman, from struggling with your body image. You do get some people commenting, saying, like, you look like a man and women shouldn't look like this. And actually, I love it when I've got a six-pack. To wondering whether marriage is the right thing for you. To say that I'm committing myself to you for the rest of my life until my last breath... That just seems like a really stupid thing to say. So even having a cervical smear test. I need to yeah. take my trousers and my knickers off. Yeah. Ooh. Let me know if it hurts. And that's it, done. Oh my gosh, is that it? I'm in shock at how easy it was. This is The Female Struggle Is Real. Hello, I'm Emma Jo Real Davis and welcome to not just another episode but a whole new series of The Female Struggle Is Real. Now thank you so much if you've listened to the podcast before and you're back here again for more. I really hope it doesn't disappoint. And hello if you're new around here and welcome to what will hopefully be a very open and honest series about yet more female struggles. Now today's struggle is one that I'm sure we can all relate to in one way or another, whatever you do as a job because this is the female struggle with makeup in the workplace. I asked on my Instagram recently if you'd ever been challenged in the workplace because of your makeup, thinking that maybe I'd get a few responses, you know, one or two, something like that. And I actually couldn't believe how many responses I had. So many of you messaged to say that you'd been told to wear makeup on days that you hadn't at work, um, that when you didn't wear makeup, you were aggressively laughed at by your boss saying that you looked tired or ill. And one person even messaged to say that they were asked by their employer 
to go on a makeup course so that they could learn how to do their face properly. I mean, what on earth? It's completely bonkers. Apparently, they even showed this particular woman mood boards of women with really good makeup, including images of female Virgin Atlantic cabin crew. Now, speaking of which, in a minute, I'm going to be chatting to Rebecca Creer, who is the spas and styling manager at Virgin Atlantic Airways, about their new grooming policy. But first, here's what's coming up in the podcast. I met up with Alice, who, after going to a job interview, found out that she was rejected because of the way she looked. You didn't get through to the second interview. Feedback was that you weren't polished enough, so I kind of accepted it, put the phone down, and then I was like, well, what what do they mean by not polished? Was it my interview technique, my personality? Not for one minute did I think it was going to be my physical appearance. And I'm also going to be chatting to Rebecca Reed, who is the digital editor of Grazia, about why she made the decision to stop wearing makeup in the workplace. Most of our day-to-day jobs, looking pretty or conventionally pretty, isn't part of our job description. It's not what we're there for, and it's not why people hired us. Um, and it seems to be the sort of unspoken expectation that, on top of being competent at our jobs and hardworking, we also have to quietly look as attractive as we can at the same time. But before we get on to any of that, let's speak to Rebecca Creer, who is the spas and styling manager at. Virgin Atlantic Airways. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Um, Now, Rebecca, obviously the grooming policy at Virgin Atlantic has recently changed so that female cabin crew will no longer have to wear makeup during their shifts. Can you tell us a little bit about this change in sort of more detail? Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, with Virgin Atlantic and like with Virgin at Holidays, you know, the look of our staff has been such a massive part of our brand since we launched, what, back in 1984? You know, the red uniform, the red lipstick, the whole glamour of flying. Um, But, you know, we have to kind of move forward with the times. And really, for the last couple of years, it's something that we've looked at and thought, you know what? Basically, how do we make sure that we kind of keep the Virgin Atlantic brand alive, but also allow people to kind of be themselves as well? And if you don't want to wear makeup, why should you actually wear makeup? So therefore, we decided like this year, you know what? I don't think it's right that we should ask women to wear makeup anymore if they don't feel comfortable wearing makeup. Um, so we made the changes so therefore women don't have to wear nail varnish if they don't want to whereas before that was actually a standard Um, the only other standard we really had was the red lipsticks a bit of mascara and a bit of blusher so now it's like you either can wear nothing or you can wear a little bit of something the only difference is is that you know if you do want to wear makeup it does still have to be sort of virgin atlantic standard colors so we can protect the brand Because I think if not, then you'll have people wearing orange lipstick, which will clash with the uniform or, you know, brown lipsticks or whatever it is. So we just want to make sure that, you know, people feel comfortable, but also we protect the brand. Definitely. You can't have clashing with the uniform. No, that would be awful. awful. (laughs) No, no. And especially when it's that great Vivian Westwood uniform and it's so beautiful, you don't need it. (laughs) So why, why now? Why did you decide to make this change now? You said yourself that you've been talking about this for the last couple of years. Why did you feel that, you know, 2019 was the time to make this change? No, it just seemed right. I think there's so much change in the world when it comes to diversity and equality and being who you are, and especially for women. You know, it's just so important that you can express yourself, you know, and if expressing yourself is through makeup, then that's absolutely fine as well. You know, I love makeup myself and you shouldn't be criticised for that. But there's also a lot of women out there that don't feel comfortable in makeup, that feel like they're sexualized or a sexual being because they're wearing makeup. And so therefore, why would I want to make people feel uncomfortable? So it just seemed the right time with so much sort of Me Too movements and, you know, things moving forward in that respect. And for women that this just seemed the right time to do it. Why do you think previously it has been so important that female cabin crew wear makeup you know not just with Virgin Atlantic but across all of the airlines 
think it goes back to that old-fashioned glamour of flying. And I think, really, for us, Virgin Atlantic, it was such a part of our brand, just like the Virgin Atlantic logo is, the red on our aircraft. You know, the, the look of the female cabin crew just went alongside that, but it was starting just to be a little bit old-fashioned. And so, yes, we've still got the reds, we've got purple colours, but actually, you know what? Isn't it just good enough to have the uniform on? And isn't that a statement piece? Yes, it is. So, obviously, this is an incredibly positive change and um, we can only hope that a lot of other airlines will follow as well. But just hypothetically, what would have happened previously, for example, if a female member of staff hadn't worn any makeup on her shift? You know, if you hadn't worn your makeup, you'd have literally just been asked to put your lipstick on. It's not like, you know, there's not this whole grooming police and, you know, you're going to be sent home or anything like that. It wasn't anything harsh. You know, but again, it's part of the brand and it's just like you put your jacket on, you put your skirt on or your trousers on and you put your lipstick on. It's just part of the uniform. So basically, you've just been asked to put a red lipstick on. We have styling kits like when you check in on your flights or, you know, at the airports or at our clubhouses for our ground staff. You know, we have little kits in there that used to have a red lipstick in, that used to have a nail varnish in. So therefore, there's always something available if you haven't managed to get your own. So that's all we'd ask is that, you know what, can you just put your red lipstick on or can you just put your nail varnish on? That's it. So um, like you said, obviously, Virgin is such an iconic brand yeah. and you do always think of the flight attendants wearing that sort of classic red uniform. How was the decision received within the business? Do you know what, it was received really well. There was kind of two schools of thought and we knew what we would face this. And I mean, luckily, I put lots of Q&As out there. We really sort of went out and made sure it was a really positive uh, message that was going out. And that's the way it was received. You did get a lot of people saying, oh, my God, but what about the brand? You know, how's it going to affect the brand? Because a lot of people come to work for Virgin because they see that brand and they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of that kind of club, you know, that glamour, you know, the red uniform, the lipstick, et cetera. Um, But then there was a lot of other people that were saying, you know what, it's about time, but it's such a really great message. So for those people that still want glamour and they want to wear the makeup, then great. And for other people that feel that, you know what, I'm glamorous enough just as who I am, then that's great as well. So it was a really well-received message for most people. Obviously, it hasn't been um, sort of in practice for that long. But generally, have you had like positive feedback from the public? Has there been any awkward moments with the public? No, absolutely nothing. I think the public get it as well. You know, we have to move on. We have to be innovative. And, you know, and as a company, Virgin Antic has always been known for being like a step ahead and for being innovative. And even doing this, you know, there's been other airlines that have announced that they're making the same changes. So we need to be kind of leading the way and, you know, hopefully we can do other things that kind of lead the way as well moving forward. As you know, um, obviously, makeup is now gender fluid with male bloggers such as James Charles making it really, really accessible for men and boys as well. Um, What would you say to any male cabin crew who might express an interest in wearing makeup? Well, I don't know if you realise, but when I changed the rules, we made it so that men and women, basically it's exactly the same rule. So men can wear makeup and they don't have to wear makeup and women can wear makeup and they don't have to wear makeup. So we don't have one rule for women and one rule for men. We have one rule for both genders. Because again, it was like, why wouldn't we? So if men want to wear makeup, they should be able to wear makeup. And then for some of the guys that don't, obviously, then they don't have to. So literally there was one rule and it was for both men and women. When you interview new members of staff, do you take note at all of their appearance when you're first interviewing them yeah I just think you know what we're in the customer service industry so therefore if you're interviewing and I think if somebody presents themselves in a really nice smart way then you know that actually they take care of themselves so therefore they're going to take care of our customers 
So we would look at that. But I think it's more about the how smart they are. You know, what it's not exactly what they've got on. It's just about how their appearance is. It doesn't matter if they've got makeup on or not, or if the hair's, you know, up or down. It's just about, you know, that whole general appearance and if it's smart and if it's neat and if it's tidy. That's it. You know, because if you're taking care of yourself, you're going to take care of our customers for us. Well, Rebecca, I think what you've done is is wonderful. Best of luck with the new grooming policy, which is, of course, now in practice. And let's just hope yeah. other airlines take notes and hopefully follow suit as well. Yeah, me too. I love that at Virgin Atlantic, the grooming policy is the same for both men and women. And, you know, also, I suppose it's clear, it's open, it's transparent. You unequivocally know what the policy is for everybody. But if you don't have that, if your workplace doesn't have an obvious grooming policy, and, you know, most don't, because strictly speaking, they're not legally really allowed to it can mean it leaves a door open for a sort of culture to foster almost you know where employees feel there's an expectation from colleagues from clients from customers even to look a certain way and wear makeup or in my next guest Alice's case the expectation to look a certain way comes from senior management um, so lovely to meet you, Alice. Thank you. And thank you for meeting me. Oh, you're welcome. Tell me about your recent job interview situation. Yes, no worries. So I went for a admin role, PA office manager kind of role at a high street retailer. So they're quite well known, um, but it was just an admin role, not client facing, anything like that. So I went along, met with the lady. I think she was HR director or something within HR. Had a lovely chat, really got on well, started speaking about random stuff like families, and so that's how well we got on. Left the interview, final quarter went really well, uh, I'm hoping for the best, let me know when you get your feedback. So a couple of days later, she phoned me and she was like, oh, you didn't get through to the second interview, feedback was that you weren't polished enough, so I kind of accepted it, put the phone down, and then I was like, well, what, what do they mean by not polished? Was it my interview technique, my personality? Not for one minute did I think it was going to be my physical appearance um, so I wrote an email and um, she said oh basically your appearance wasn't polished enough so they won't be continuing with you any further so I phoned her and I said well I wore I told her what I wore how I had my hair my makeup and she said oh we do encourage our candidates to wear high heels your hair in a low bun no headbands I mean where does that come from <laughs> and uh, a little makeup but not excessive To me, that is absolutely insane. If it was client-facing or a modelling job or an acting job, then fair enough. But I'm going to be sitting in an office all day looking at a computer. Why why does it matter if I wear makeup or have a hairband in my hair? And I mean, you know, not that it's at all relevant whatsoever, but I mean, I've met you in central London. You're in a gorgeous... Very formal pink dress, high heels, perfect makeup, perfect hair. I can't at all see what anyone would have an issue with. Same makeup, same hair, same length, high heel, everything. So how did that make you feel to know that they basically rejected you based on your makeup and hair? So at first I was really angry, so like shaking angry. And then I didn't get upset, I didn't cry, but I was more embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that someone had met me and thought that about me because... I don't wear loads, I'm not like loads of makeup, highlighter, bronzer, I don't do all that, but I wear a decent amount of eye makeup, but the fact that someone saw me and thought, oh, she's not worn enough makeup, I was just, it was 
astonishing absolutely astonishing to me and obviously I found you because um, you put a screenshot of this yeah. email on Twitter what's the general reaction been like to that screenshot um, well it's the most liked tweet I've ever put on Twitter um, I think it had something ridiculous like 50, 60 retweets and all the feedback was this is disgusting this is why there's no equality um, and the fact that it was a woman interviewing me as well did not go down well um, and I spoke to a couple of friends in HR and recruitment and they was they all of them said if someone in their company sent that out they'd be sacked or they wouldn't work with the company anymore did you look into whether it was legal or not so yeah i contacted my friend and they said because they haven't necessarily said it's your appearance it's more that you weren't polished they haven't actually done anything illegal they've kind of said what they've said but got round it in a certain way that they can't be penalized for it and how did it make you feel in terms of you know if you were to say go on another job interview yeah. tomorrow you know how does that make you feel does it make well, you sort of super self-conscious about doing so I went on an interview didn't go on an interview for a, lot, a couple of months because I was so like I don't never want to get another job rah, rah. Um, and I went I didn't get the job and the feedback was because I wasn't confident enough and I solely put that down to the previous interview due to the fact that they told me that and that was the other thing they told me I interviewed really well I'd be a great fit my answers were excellent it was just my appearance that, I mean, that was. I would rather have been told that I wouldn't have fitted in with the company than be told it was something you can't change about yourself. I mean, obviously, I've already said to you, like, thank God you didn't get that yes, job because it exactly. sounds like it would have been a horrible, exactly. horrible place to work. Do you wear makeup to work regularly? You know, just on no, your own, I, off your own I'm back. Kind of, I'm very minimalist. I get eczema on my face, so I can't wear foundation, bronzer because it just it looks worse. So I, but I always wear brows, mascara, top and bottom lashes, and a little bit of eyeshadow. So enough to look like you've not just rolled out of bed. And I always have my hair nice and wear nice clothes. So although I'm not doled up to the nines and like Instagram worthy makeup, I wear enough to get be passable basically. Have you ever not worn any makeup yeah, to work? All the time. Sometimes if my ex is really bad, I can't wear a scrap. And no one's ever said anything. I work in a my current job is in fashion and I work in a studio with millions of pounds worth of dresses. And no one has ever said anything to me. And I work in a small environment. So someone could quite easily just say, oh, you weren't looking so good today. Do you mind stepping it up in a nice way? But no one's ever, ever commented on it. I'm going to do a job. If I do the job well enough without makeup on, what does it matter? As long as the job gets done. It's different if you're meeting clients and you need to put a, your best face on. But if it's just in the office for the day then why why does it matter obviously when you look in the mirror you think oh yeah I look a bit a bit rough today I better put something on but to me it's not a big a big deal I know a lot of women say that um when they put their makeup on they sort of feel like they've got their life in control you know yeah. they're sorted they're ready for the day yeah, I do I do see that I do because sometimes when you look at yourself and I've got no makeup on I feel oh god you need to get it together a bit <laughs> but then and then at the same time when I wear makeup I'm like yeah I'm ready for the day so I get it from both perspectives but sometimes to be honest I'd rather 10 minutes extra in bed if it's been a heavy week so yeah. it just really comes down to what's going on on the day what have I been doing a couple of days before and just take it from there really do you think you get treated differently sort of professionally when you're wearing makeup and when you're not um, in my personal experience no but I've never been in an environment which has been that that sort of on it with makeup. I've always been worked in quite friendly, open environments where it's never been an issue if you come in with makeup or if you don't. Whereas I can see 
some industries would be different. At the end of the day, you've got a show to do or an event, and you get these models coming in there, six foot nothing, now I'm five foot three, and um, a solid like size eight ten, and they're like stick thin. You are a bit like, oh, I hate my life. <laughs> I wish I'd done something more today. But then that's their job. Their, their job is to look beautiful, whereas my job is just to get them dressed. So, it, again, it doesn't affect my ability, really. I can see where some people come from when they're like, no, I need to wear my makeup. And fair play to them. If they want to do it, they want to do it. I'm just a lazy girl at heart. So. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you managed to build up your confidence again after that job interview? Yes. So I think now, now that it's happened, I'm a bit... Uh, it's hard to say I think it did not my confidence a lot and I was really embarrassed and even in my day to day job now I was embarrassed to go into work the next day after it happened so I was like oh what happens if my boss thinks of it and he's too shy to say something um, but I just it's one of those things you just got to get back up on the horse and I've been for interviews since and it's always been really nice feedback and no one's ever commented on it again and so I think it was just that one off and it was just maybe... That was the ironic thing as well. The girl who was interviewing me had jumpers, leggings and Ugg boots on. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That was the thing. That's what really made me cross as well. Because I just thought, you're not glammed up to the nines. It's half past eight in the morning on a Thursday. You're wearing jumpers, leggings and Uggs. And you've got the audacity to tell me that I look rough. Like, it, that really made me angry. But no, I think I just got back up on the horse. And I think you'll meet people who have different opinions but most people are pretty nice and genuine and won't ever say that and will never think it but it just so happened that my first interview I went to I got that bad experience and it put me off but you just have to keep going it's so difficult isn't it and like like I said you look absolutely gorgeous day you? you wouldn't say you're wearing too much makeup you're not wearing right. none it's just a completely bizarre situation yes. What would you say to other people that are maybe going to job interviews and thinking, oh God, you know, I'm really torn as to what to do? Yeah. So I would completely say just be yourself. Because if you go and you wear, if you don't wear makeup and you go and you wear loads and then you turn, you get the job and you turn up on the first day, people are going to be like, this is a completely different person. I, I don't recognise her. And the same way, if you wear loads of makeup and you go with real bare minimum, it's not you're not showing your true self although your personality might be coming across you're not showing them who you really are and also I don't feel comfortable not wearing enough make like wearing too much makeup or not wearing enough makeup so I think I wouldn't come across well in an interview if I wasn't comfortable with how I was looking so I always just say I'm a big believer of just you do you and you'll be fine Definitely. Yes. Oh, well, Alice, thank you so much for meeting oh, me. Best of luck with all your job interviews. Thank you. And who cares? Yes, exactly. We'll no makeup, 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 who cares? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I think what Alice said about just being yourself and doing what you feel most comfortable with is the best bit of advice. Don't try and look how you think others want you to look and don't feel that just because friends and colleagues wear a lot of makeup, it means that you have to wear a lot of makeup. You do you. Um, but if you want to eliminate the daily concerns of how much is too much, are my eyebrows the same and oh my God, how have I got lipstick on my teeth again? You could just stop wearing it to work completely, which is what my next guest did. Rebecca Reed is the digital editor of Grazia, an author and an award-winning journalist. Thank you so much for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, I firstly wanted to ask you um, about your personal experience of wearing makeup to work, because in an article you wrote for the Metro, it sounded like you've had quite a few negative experiences. Um, so I stopped wearing makeup to work uh, between sort of maybe 2015 and 2018, um, because I sort of felt that by doing it, I was endorsing the idea that my face with makeup on was more professional than my face without makeup on. Um, and also, I'd worked at a department store in my team where um, I was obliged to wear a really heavy full face of makeup every day. Um, and that had not been great for my skin, and it had made me feel kind of like my face wasn't sort of good enough without it. I was in writing in the induction pack. Uh, and then there was a woman who walked around the shop checking on whether you looked right. Um, and also your manager was obliged to check that you were wearing makeup every day. And um, if you weren't, because it was a department store, the ground floor had a beauty hall. So you'd be sent downstairs to go and have makeup put on you. Um, and if your manager was nice, they wouldn't take it out of your lunch break. And if they weren't very nice, they would. Um, so I spent a lot of my time going back and forth to the counters at various different beauty places, asking them to put orange foundation on me. I mean, I think the good thing was I started a new job and stopped wearing makeup at the same time. So people just sort of assumed that's what my face looked like. Uh, but definitely in previous jobs, when I'd taken a few days without makeup, people would ask if I was all right, if I was tired, if I was feeling ill. Um, when actually what they were seeing was what I looked like without sort of four coats of mascara and a BB cream. Why do you think that women often feel obliged to wear makeup to work? Do you think it's sort of out of a fear? Um, I think that there is a sense that looking smart means being made up um, and often also wearing high heels. Um, I think that obviously you can look very smart without makeup, but um, if you think about sort of award ceremonies and TV and newsreaders and uh, all of the kind of places where we see people at their sort of peak, women who are doing that are usually wearing very heavy makeup. And also I think we grow up seeing our mums, you know, putting on makeup for anything that's significant or important. I also wonder if there's an element of um, when you go to a job interview, you wear makeup as a sort of confidence armour. Um, and then, you know, you've got the job with one face, so you feel obliged to continue showing up with that same face. So maybe it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I also think there's an element of everybody else does it, so we do it. And we just assume that it's normal because other women are doing it. Now, some women say that obviously when they put makeup on, they feel more attractive and therefore more powerful and in control. But do you think that wearing makeup personally affects how you work? Um, I mean, I don't think that wearing makeup affects how you work at all, um, unless you're in situations, for instance, if you're a um, if you're an actress and it's part of the character, then obviously that would be relevant. Um, and I can see that in some 
industries where what you look like is what you're selling, like modeling, um, it would be a bit uh, maybe counterproductive not to take all the tools that make you look as conventionally attractive as possible. Um, but, you know, most of our day-to-day jobs, looking pretty or conventionally pretty isn't part of our job description. It's not what we're there for, and it's not why people hired us. Um, and it seems to be the sort of unspoken expectation that on top of being competent at our jobs and hardworking, we also have to quietly look as attractive as we can at the same time, which feels like a bit of a waste of time and energy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you've already mentioned it, and in the article you make the point that obviously it depends on the job, obviously models, both male and female, uh, wear makeup at work, TV presenters, actors and stuff. But what about those working in customer-facing roles? Because this is always the big argument that those in customer-facing roles should have to wear makeup. I mean, I don't understand what the logic is behind expecting people who work in customer-facing roles to wear makeup. Um, I don't think that my makeupless face or anybody else's makeupless face is unappealing or makes me less able to sell. Um, I, I don't really understand why people claim that that's a necessary thing to do, unless it is that they think that people are entitled to look at something attractive that they may or may not find sort of sexually appealing while they're making a purchase. It sort of seems to suggest that the person themselves are also on sale at the same time as whatever they bought, uh, which isn't the most positive message to send out. That's a really good point, actually. Um, let's talk about when one is sort of challenged in the workplace about their makeup. Um, you say in the article that your own face, your natural skin, and your normal eyelashes weren't good enough. Um, that must have made you feel absolutely awful and therefore had a negative effect on the way you worked anyway. I mean, I think I was very young and I was very robust and people saying unpleasant things to you or about me definitely affected me a lot less when I was younger. Um, But yeah, and also I think I probably had a healthy sense that what was considered beautiful by the department store, eyelash extensions, very big hair, lots of fake tan, uh, very, very full makeup. While I totally respect that and I think it can look great for other people, I know that that's not how I look and it's not what suits me. Um, so I definitely had a sense that I thought that they were in the wrong. Um, but what I really resented was the idea that I was uh, sort of obliged to change my outward appearance, which took time and effort um, in order to appeal to them. And the thing that I sort of felt crossest about, if I'm honest, is that I, sort of, well, I was expected to get up half an hour, 45 minutes earlier every morning than any of the men who were working there. And it's like, you know, those that say that they get annoyed watching people doing it on public transport. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not getting up another, like you say, 45 minutes earlier just to do my face. Like, absolutely not. Um, I think I'm right in saying that it is actually still legal, although it is a bit complicated uh, for a boss to ask you to adhere to a certain dress code. Obviously, in that dress code, makeup is included. Do you think, Rebecca, that our bosses should be able to tell us how to do our makeup? Um, no, not at all. I don't think there's any legitimate reason for somebody to be able to tell you that you can or can't wear makeup. I think there are circumstances like uh, being a makeup artist or where you know you are sort of the the front line um, and acting and modelling. But you think you'll notice the main difference there is that those roles are jobs where men are also encouraged to wear makeup. Um, so my answer would be that it is entirely acceptable to expect makeup if you expect everybody of any sex or gender who's working for you to do so. But what you can't do is expect women to be the only one doing something and men not to have to do it as well. If someone listening to this podcast has been challenged at work because of their makeup and how they're doing their makeup, what should they do? I think the first thing to do is to consult your contract to work out whether your employment has said that that's something they're allowed to do. 
if you send a contract saying that they're allowed to expect you to wear makeup, then that is a little bit harder. I would say that you should seek out somebody in a senior position who you have uh, a positive relationship with and who you like and respect and talk to them about why you feel this policy is outdated um, and why you would prefer not to have to oblige by it and other people not to as well. Uh, if it's not in your contract, then it's not necessarily enforceable. As ever, it's very easy to say you should quit your job, you should go on strike, you should make a fuss. But, you know, not everybody has the luxury to do that. Um, and not everybody is in a position where they're in a union or they have job security. If you're on a zero-hour contract where you're expected to wear makeup and you make a fuss about it, they will stop using you and then you've lost out. Um, so in those situations, I would suggest that you make an informed decision about the most practical way to move forward and um, talk to somebody who you like and trust. And maybe as a compromise, wear less makeup, phase makeup out or wear makeup that makes you feel comfortable. Um, I'd like to add as well that I um, myself actually never wear makeup to work either. And I was once challenged to wear makeup to an important meeting and I still didn't because I didn't think it was right to him to have asked. So I just didn't. So, um, so yeah, there we and go. in what world were you, why were you going to do a better job in that meeting with the face of the makeup? I think the problem is it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more women wear makeup for high profile moments in their career, the more we confirm the association that makeup is for people who are doing something important and it goes round and round. And that's why, I mean, I personally love makeup in my own time and I don't plan to stop wearing it. But I think people like women like Alicia Keys, who doesn't wear makeup at all ever, um, are really doing, you know, doing the Lord's work and then changing the perception that if you're not wearing makeup, you don't look smart. Iconic Alicia Keys. That moment where she didn't wear <laughs> any makeup to the Grammys on the red carpet was so good. Um, well, thank you very much, Rebecca. It's been lovely to talk to you. And thank you very much for your insight. Thank you so much. If only wearing makeup in the workplace were as simple as if you want to wear makeup, wear it. And if you don't, don't. Sadly, it doesn't quite feel as easy as that mainly because obviously there has been such a pressure on women to wear makeup to work for years and of course there's still a stigma attached to those of us who choose not to wear makeup. I personally work in the radio and media industry and despite the old phrase she's got a face for the radio um, I definitely feel a pressure to be fully made up all of the time. In fact I'm pretty sure my colleagues think I'm incredibly unprofessional and scruffy and god knows what else when I rock up to work with a completely bare face um, but I'm sure it would just be much healthier for society and for people's mental health as well if this pressure just didn't exist and you know there was just no judgment either way imagine if makeup wasn't about what people think of you but it was more about how you felt yourself I'm sure loads of you will agree with me on this that personally for me makeup is genderless and it's just about personal choice a huge thank you to all my guests and thank you as well for listening to this episode of The Female Struggle Is Real. Um, if you enjoyed it, I'd absolutely love for you to write a review on your podcast app. And if you want to get in touch with me about anything I've discussed on the podcast, feel free to message me on Instagram at mjorealdavis. That's E-M-J-O-R-E-A-L-D-A-V-I-E-S. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you either full-faced or bare-faced on the next episode of The Female Struggle Is Real.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.